Welcome to Fireproof Your Retirement, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet Magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Hi, I'm Michael Markey. With me is my wife, Vanessa. Vanessa, do you know what grinds my gears, just makes a bad day, ruffles my Pringles? Ruffles your feathers? Well, Pringles can be ruffled, but you know what? You can add yourself to the list now. You can only ruffle Ruffles chips. You have now made it from the bottom five to the top five. Anyways, tax reform. What about tax reform? I'm going to tell you. So when people get and they're like, I can't believe that they made corporate tax permanent and individual tax temporary. How ridiculous. And if you're listening right now, going, well, Mike, I don't think it's all that ridiculous. Well, let's walk through this, shall we? Now, there's a rule in the Senate that says if the, the, the bill, the law doesn't balance mm-hmm. in eight years, that they can't do it. So hence why it has an eight-year cutoff. Now, it's been really unpopular about the whole, it's going to phase out on the individual level in eight years. So in seven years, if it's just as unpopular right now to have these tax cuts be temporary, can you imagine our legislative bodies in seven years going, we're getting rid of the tax breaks and we're going to raise them for, for individuals? How easy would that be? Not because then everybody's going to be mad that they don't have a tax break. Yeah, monumentally difficult. So they're not going to do it. Why did they make corporate tax cuts permanent? Well, hmm, we want companies to bring hundreds of billions of dollars back to our soil. We want them to make large investments. We want them to be here. What company is going to spend billions, not millions, not thousands, but billions with a B like a bee sting on U.S. soil if they think the tax code is temporary zero we need to get better at communicating some of this stuff it's simple when it's put that way why the corporate was permanent because of the rules moving on you're listening to fireproof your retirement it's the show where the only statement that we like is that we don't like blanket statements and our hope and our belief is that we can change lives by helping people clarify that money does not have meaning it has purpose it's a tool tools only have purpose. You'll give it, you'll spend it. That's it. You'll do nothing ever differently with money. You'll give it, you'll spend it. Not another thing. Some people hide it under their mattress. And eventually they'll give it or they'll spend it. <laughs> you were on the top three of the <laughs> ruffles, my pr- ruffles My Pringles list. But today, I'm actually excited by today um, because we've been off a little while. You've had the plague. 
Then our daughter got lice again. Then our son gets pneumonia. Then you got the plague again. And we're still alive, but here with you tonight. Don't forget, the washer also pooped out. Oh, that's not that big. You didn't have to wash clothes by hand. I also didn't have to clean up all the water that spilled when it was half full. But that's you know what? what ruffles my feathers. You mean Pringles? Or as some people say, it gets my undies in a bunch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not sure that's allowed. But since these shows are pre-recorded, we will see what our producer, Mitch, decides about your comment. <laughs> so if you're tuning in right now and you just hear that little spiff, you're like, I want comment. That means it didn't make the editing floor. But today we've got three things we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about tax changes. It's not going to be boring, I promise. It's going to be pretty cool because... Taxes can be fun. For some people. We're going to talk about the misperceptions of millennials, especially with finance, misunderstanding compounded interest. And as I had one person put it to me today, you know what millennials really should be pronounced as? No. Millennials. Oh my gosh. And this is okay because this is called self-deprecation since I'm at the tail end. Of a millennial. Actually, you're at the top end of the millennial. Whatever. Tail end is... See, now you sound like a millennial just interrupting and missing the point. No. Starfish still living in your parents' basement. Um, Number three. We're also going to be talking about dealing with family, selling a house to family, business with family. So these are three big points, but let's start with the Roth. So what's our rule of thumb? When it comes to Roth planning, what is our rule of thumb? If you have 12% or less... If you're in the 12% or less tax bracket, excuse me, put it in the Roth. Right. Because. So we got tax brackets of 0, 10, 12, 22, and on. So we're saying right. 12% or less, you go put Roth. Put it in the Roth. Why? Because it gets taxed before you put it in there. Mm-hmm. And then it grows tax-free. So people like Dave Ramsey will say, a Roth is always better. But what if you're at some point in a lower bracket? If you're in the 12, you're kind of locking in that tax rate. What happens if you go in a lower bracket, say the 10? That's not going to make much of a difference. No, I don't think it, you know, it did when you were, here's how the brackets used to look. Zero, 10, 15, 25. Now again, we're zero, 10, then 12, 22. And there's more past that, but if you're past the 22, you shouldn't be doing. Which by the way, this is a new change. Right. It just, it's 2018 forward for potentially only eight years. Right. This isn't like this has been going on for a while. This is new. It's a temporary tax cut. I don't know if you've heard. Anyways. So let's put it this way. Now, a a Dave will say, Roth IRAs are always better. That's not true necessarily. Um, Let me try to make this easy. Let's say you got (laughs) $10,000. Good luck. (laughs) Let's say you've got $10,000 that you could put in an IRA this year. And you choose that you're going to put it in the IRA. And let's say you do that for 10 years. That equals 100 grand. Okay. And- that 100000 grows at a 10 multiplier. So mm-hmm. you get to retirement, it's worth a million. You with yep. me? Now, when you go to pull it out, let's just say that you have an average tax rate of, well, let's put 12 and then three. I know the state of Michigan's not three, but just, well, you know, we'll use four. So 12% federal, 4% state, that's 16% combined. Okay. So you're not going to take the million out all at once. You're going to use it as income. That's what you put it there for. It's a retirement Correct. account. It's income. Correct. So a million minus the 16%. Gives us what? 840000 It's 160000 in tax. Now, let's do it the opposite way because Roths are always better. If I had $10,000 to put in, but I, you know, when I put a $10,000 into an IRA, what happens? I get a tax. I don't pay tax on that income that year. Right. I pay Social Security tax, but not federal, not state. 
So that $10,000 <clears> put in actually saves me about $1,600 in taxes that year. Mm-hmm. Now, if I put $10,000 into the Roth, well, I might not actually have 10. I don't get the tax break. Correct. So that $1,600 tax break that I got would be the same as putting the $8,400 in a Roth. Are you with me? Because mm-hmm. I put in 10, but I get like a $1,600 coupon. Correct, because you get taxed on it before it goes in there. Right. Now, with the Roth, I don't get the coupon, but my, all my growth is tax-free. Right. So I, let's just say I only got 8400 because before I had 10 but I get the $1,600 coupon. Right. Now I've got 84 84 times 10 is going to be 10 years. That's going to bring me up to 84000 mm-hmm. I'm going to use the same 10-time multiplier. That brings it up to 840000 right. right. So what on earth is the difference? 840 versus 840, it's the same math. Right. So it doesn't matter. So Roth is going to be better if you're going to be in retirement, the same bracket or higher. Correct. Because the easy way to think of it, I want everyone listening right now, when you think of a Roth, I want you to remember this. You remember the old game shows? Do you remember Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yes. With, with Regis? Yes. What would it's he do? still on, just somebody else. Is side. that your final answer? You want to lock it in, right? Lock it in. Yes, Can you that's imagine the music. how annoying that would be with how much bass we have with our TV now? I would it hate would you. It would rumble. Anyhow, so you want to, final answer, lock it in, lock it in. That's what a Roth is. You're locking in that tax rate. So if you're in the 12% tax rate now, but you're going to be in the 10 in retirement, we just locked in a higher rate. If you're in the 22 now, but you're going to be in the 10 or the 12 in retirement, you just locked in a higher rate. It's easy. But if you're in the 12 now and upon retirement, you might be higher. Now, see, here's how this used to happen. If the kids stayed home, then you got to have them as an exemption. Yes. But you don't get that now. We don't have exemptions anymore. They're deductions. And I don't want to get on that tangent. There are possibilities where you're going to be in the same bracket or higher. Here's why we made this rule that says if you're in the 12 or lower, go ahead and do the Roth now. You're taking out the guesswork. If you convert $50,000 and you're in the 12% tax bracket, Mm-hmm. But in the future, you're only only be in the ten. How much did you cost yourself? Two percent. So how much? Thousand dollars to take away the risk of future taxation. Correct. We have a massively unbalanced budget right now. I'm not one of these big pessimists going. Oh, you got to see where the tax rates are going to go. I don't know where they're going to go. I do know that on the individual basis, right now they're relatively low. So could they go up in the future? I don't know. I do know that this tax break isn't permanent. Right. I think it will be, as I clearly indicated earlier, but I think that's worth the risk. You probably spend a thousand bucks on far less risky things or less beneficial things. Like a stereo system with extra speakers. Right. To give people an at-home experience that sounds like a movie theater. That's already there to begin with. That you don't then have to take the kids to the movie theater and then they want $8 tickets and then they have popcorn, they have candy. They don't even see half the thing. You got to carry the one because he's crying out and then you don't get to see it even though you paid 50 bucks. It's a hoax. And another ruffles your feathers. On that bombshell, we're going to take our first break. Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1,300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, 
taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the second segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. We're excited to be with you today. It feels like it's been a while since we've been in studio. That's because a lot of stuff has happened. Now, before the break, we talked about Roth IRAs. And the math has changed because, as you said, tax bills changed. Correct. Or tax code, tax law. So now it used to be 0, 10, 15, 25. That zero, the 10 to 15 was a big enough difference that but they made it smaller. Well, you didn't really want to lock in the 15% rate if it was likely you would be in the 10. Correct. But now the difference between the 12 and the 10, why not? Right. Take that risk off the table. What's the likelihood? That if you're 35 years old, you're going to pass away low, very right. insignificant. But you will probably still buy $1,000 worth of term insurance. At least. Uh, not $1,000 of death benefit, I'm sorry. Uh, like a $1,000, $80 a month policy. Oh, okay, yeah. I was like, I don't know <laughs> I don't know what you're smoking, right. but $1,000 for terms, not that much. Right. Well, it's 15 cents a month. It's a good deal. <laughs> but you're going to spend $1,000 on a lot of other things where the risks are far less Likely. Correct. So why not just pay the $1,000? Lock in the 12% rate. Now, if you're in the 22, that's where I think you probably should have individual planning because the difference between 22 and 12, now that's a big deal. 10% is right. a big deal. And a Roth IRA, despite popular belief, it's mathematically not superior to an IRA. It's the same math. 10 times 10 times 10, 1 million minus 16%, 860. So how about that client you talked to? With her son. Which one? The other day. Who? You went on another tirade about a millennial and him saying something about 12% guaranteed. She doesn't need the money, but blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't remember the gist of it, which is why I'm asking you to get you off of your other tirade. <laughs> Let me give you an example. Do people spend more just because they have more? Not necessarily. I would say that some do. But most of those are broke. Those Correct. are the ones that spend more every time they have more than they ever have anything because they spent today's dollar yesterday. Right. But if we're getting close to retirement or in retirement, somebody's accumulated some net worth mm -hmm. in a state. They've done so as a percentage of income, a pretty significant amount, right? Mm -hmm. So if they've only ever made thirty grand, maybe that's 200000 If they've always made 100000 maybe that's more like a million or so, whatever that number may be. Right. Irrelevant at this point. Somebody, they've got a nest egg. No, I think it's relevant because it's saying that they've lived beneath their means. They've been I was saying diligent. the number is irrelevant at this point be based on whatever. Anyways. Use your grandparents <clears throat> as an example here. If their investments um, did really, really well this year, if they made 30%, would they suddenly start traveling again? No. Would they suddenly do a bigger Christmas? Maybe once, but I not think, really. Well, and maybe if it was more like an inheritance, like they got a windfall. Right. They would pass it on going, well, you're going to get it anyway. Right. But I don't think if their investments did better that they would suddenly do a bigger Christmas, bigger birthdays. No. They kind of stay the course. Right. So that was the case with this client. So she had $150,000, no, I'm sorry, $130,000 um, life insurance policy. Mm -hmm. And it had $70,000, almost eighty. dollars of cash within it. 
Okay. Now, what we were doing, we determined that she didn't need as much life insurance um, as what she had. Mm-hmm. She does not need it. She doesn't have debt. But you know what? It made her feel better. It made her feel more protected. Okay. And so what we found out of that $70,000 of cash value, if we used 50000 of it, okay, and that would buy a paid-up policy of one hundred and sixty grand. Okay. And she could use the other twenty to spend. Mm-hmm. Now that one sixty, if she needed long term care, she could use it for that. There was some living benefits. There was access to the cash if she needed. But I don't see where on earth she would ever. Right. And so she brings the son in law, which I think is a good thing, by the way. If you're getting a little bit older and you're meeting with an advisor, bringing I had somebody today. They brought their sister in law. That's a good thing. Two heads are better than one. It's a good thing. So don't take this as negative. So he goes, well, wait a minute. I did some math, and he takes it out of his jacket pocket, which was kind of a little bit humorous. And he goes, well. I did some math. And if my mom took that, uh, if she took, and for whatever reason, he had used the number 60,000. But if she took 60,000, invested at 12% over the next 15 years. Not going to happen, Captain. Hold on. Time out. Throw the flag on the play here. <laughs> a little off sides. You jumped to the gun. You said she'll have 360,000. That's better than the 160. He goes, isn't it? I'm like, yeah. 360, better than 160. Me Tarzan. first grade Eugene. math. <laughs> But I said, where did you get the 12? He goes, well, if I'm only half right, the math would still be half as good. I go, so you're saying it would be like 180. 6%. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, it'd at least be that. And we did 6%. It wasn't half. It was about 150. Right, because it accumulates over time and mm-hmm. you don't actually get that. Boom. But there was a couple problems to it. In the, in the, in the policy we were looking at, it was... Use fifty thousand to get one sixty. He's now using sixty something thousand to get the almost four hundred. It was like three sixty something, four hundred whatever versus one fifty one sixty. Not guaranteed. Not only is it not guaranteed, but it didn't put into account fees. It didn't take into account taxes. So if we sell something, and so in order to get this six, eight, twelve percent rate of return, we're going to have to take some risk. This is a risk adverse person. So if that 200, we hit a recession. Right. I don't know that's happening in two months. It might be two years. It might be five years. Don't know. Don't care. Doesn't matter. That 200 becomes 120 because we're taking some risk. Mm-hmm. How is she going to behave with that? Right. As we get older, is it likely, is that reasonable to say that we're going to become less risk adverse? We're going to be mm, want less risk. Yes. So you're going to maintain this acceleration. You're going to maintain this risk. You're going to keep your foot on this risk pedal as the money gets bigger. I hope you start seeing the problem here. As she's getting older, she should become less risk, you know, wanting to take less risk. So the impact of risk, the impact of loss is magnifying. If she's only got 40000 in there and it dips 40%, that brings us from forty to 24 Yes. It's a big deal, but it's only 16000 but if there's 200,000 and it comes down 40%, that's 80 grand. That's two and a half times what she's ever made in her life. What's the likelihood she'll follow through with that? Zero. So it's not always just about math, but insurance and planning is partially about what it makes us feel like. Most of my clients get to a point on where they can financially afford not to have full coverage. Even if it's a thirty or $40,000 car, they can afford not to, yet they will because they feel better with it. We need to do planning that way. Yes. Let's take a quick break. Every great day has a beginning, and every bad day has an ending. Many of you will start and finish each day in your bathroom. Have you ever noticed that when you go to a new hotel, the thing you want to see most 
is how nice your bathroom is. You'll take a look at the shower, the shower door, the glass, the handles, the hinges. Let my friends, my family, the pros at City Glass and Mirror, they've been here for over 50 years now. Let them design your dream bathroom. Let them help you start each day and end each day in your oasis. They can design it with vision and passion and they will give you an accurate quote. They won't give you a low quote just to try to win your business because they want you to be happy. Give them a call at 616-842-3740, 616-842-3740. Visit them on the web at cityglassgh.com, at cityglassgh.com, or again, give them a call, 842-3740. Welcome back everyone to Fireproof Your Retirement. You're always stealing my lines. Somebody's got to do it. I mean, I think they'd rather hear me after that 10-minute tirade you just went on. Well, hopefully, you know what? I hope that it was helpful. I hope some people realize that, yes, it's important, but also the way things make us feel. Here's the problem with that. If she takes that risk, it's a risk that's in excess of what she's comfortable with. So the moment we have a downturn, I'm telling you what will happen. The moment we have something meaningful, 20 30%, she'll sell. I've seen it too much. She'll sell right at the worst time. And that happens a lot. Just like selling a house to your family members. Well, I'll give that story. Um, how they want. Okay. Well, my brother and my brother-in-law and my sister have a rental property that they had. They bought for some friends who had fallen on hard times. Mm-hmm. Um, those friends have since split up. Sure. Um, and the husband is still in the house. And struggling to make payments. Okay. He has pulled his siblings in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and these are lower income individuals. And he's still struggling to make payments. So long story short, the lease is up shortly. And if they can't come up with some sort of a game plan, they want to sell the house. And so they started talking about selling it to one of your brothers. Correct. Yep. One of my brothers and his longtime girlfriend, um, are renting a house and my brother-in-law just said, hey, you know, I would love to sell it to to your little brother. Heck, I'd even sell it on a land contract with zero interest because I just don't want to have to deal with the thing anymore. And we'll do it for what we've got into it. Right. Now, is it bad to work with family like this? Because your dad and I own a company together mm-hmm. and it's worked out really well. Yes. But family business and family transactions like this it's not only just sibling to sibling, but mom and dad to son or daughter. They don't always work. Right. There can be significant amounts of animosity. But how can we avoid that? Because I don't think we should tell everybody that you shouldn't have, never you know, never sell a house to a kid. You have to have a candid conversation about it. Mm-hmm. And you and my dad like talk more than my dad and I do. I mean, you know what's going on with work before I know what's going on with work. And it's my business. I don't yell at him. I don't yell at my father either. Yeah, most of us believe that. But going uh-huh. forward, <laughs> so something you and I have talked about is that you've got to be explicitly precise on your expectations. Correct. So we're talking about it. I said, you know, I think that's a bad idea. Not selling a house to a family member, but selling it at a discount like this. Now, it's a little different when it's mom and dad to a child. And even then, I've seen it cause problems. Right. Because let's say that they sell it for exactly what they have in it. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens? Because these are conversations that aren't had a lot. So what happens, Graham, if in two years you sell the house and you make a profit? Brother-in-law might not be so happy about that. 
and understandably so. Right. What if they find they get on Zillow and they start seeing the value of surrounding properties up above what they have into it? And they see that there's 20 or 30, maybe $40,000 of equity into the thing after mm-hmm. just a few years of payments. Because again, they said zero interest. Right. So if they buy at what they bought it at a couple years ago, zero interest, and all of that thing is going towards principal, next thing you know, they might have 30 or 40000 of equity. Right. And then, like so many younger people, they start a family, they have more kids, they decide they want a garage, they're moving up in the world, better incomes, and they say, what? I want a nicer house. Right. And then somebody else feels like, well, I didn't give you that, I gave you a deal to get on your feet, not for you to just take the money and run. Correct. What if, um, as younger people sometimes do, they um, don't plan well for their bills? And they went out and had too much fun, maybe spent too much on Christmas or went out to dinner too often. And they're a week late on the payment. Now, when it's just to a landlord that... It's a business transaction. It's, okay, you're late. Sorry. Here's 50 bucks. That's the penalty. So be it. No big deal. Yes. What if they, as so many younger families do, decide that they, instead of having a child, they want to get a puppy first? And that puppy starts destroying things. And you go over there. We all have a family dinner. And you see half the molding has been chewed on by this little rat dog. I don't know why I have I a rat dog. I would it's not a rat dog. But our large, our large rat dog ate my pillows. And we had another dog. We had a great dame that used to chew on molding. That's where I thought of this. Yeah. I had to start putting hot sauce on the handrails so we'd stop chewing on them. Then, <laughs> then he was very unhappy and had to go outside a lot for a and while. Then he licked the window for a long time. <laughs> so I put hot sauce on that. Anything he'd lick, hot sauce. Anyways. But you can see how these things, without having that explicit, precise communication, can cause problems. Even putting something in writing. It's what you got to do. Just put it in writing and then these are the terms. I mean, my secretary's daughter lives with her grandma. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything in writing. Do you know how many times that my secretary comes in and goes, oh, Madison's grandma called me again. Right. Blah, 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 blah. She's late for this. And she went out with her boyfriend the other night. And I'm like, well, it's not in writing. So. And it's with the best of intentions. Right. So you've got to put it in writing and you've got to talk about some of these things. And I think you kind of have to have almost a operating agreement mm-hmm. that if this happens, it nullifies, you know, uh, voids this out, right? Correct. If I come over and this, this or that, and I don't know what that would be. You would have to have those conversations. You know, if we were selling a house to somebody, it would be, I'll give it to you at this price. But if you sell in the first, if, if I'm giving it to you at a below market value, if you sell it in the first two years or three years, whatever that would be for you, we split it because I could have done that. Right. If I give you 0% interest, that 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 goes away if you become late. Right. After that, it's 3%. I don't know. But you've got to have those communications. Correct. I will also tell you why I stress this so much is because there was a time at our firm, a time in our practice, where we really didn't guide people on this. And it, we didn't avoid guiding them on, but they, you know, until we started talking about these things, people didn't necessarily know that we were a resource they could reach out to. This is a big difference between helping people accumulate wealth and helping people in that part of their life where they're preserving and distributing. There's a, an emotional 
connection to say, you know what, my kids are going to get this anyway. I'd like for them to get it now while I can see it. I see houses a lot with a lot of our clients. Mm-hmm. But then, as you gave with the grandmother, that's a typical scenario that I see. And we can guide them through now to have things in writing. And I'll have grandparents go, oh, I don't want to charge my grandson, granddaughter rent. Now, obviously, in that case, they were fine with it. Right. But one of the things we've done is say, hey, take that rent, put it in an envelope. The moment they move out, there's $5,000 or whatever it may Absolutely. Be. But we can help guide people through that. If you're working with a firm that that's unusual territory for, I'm not saying that you have to become a client. I believe this is just what we were made, what we are put on earth to do. We'll help you with those things. I do encourage anybody to start the process by going through one of our workshops. It talks about Social Security. It talks about taxes. It talks about some of these wedges that money can create. And we give this education at a library so it's non-confrontational. You can go right online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. That's LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. You can sign up there. You can call our staff, 616-589-4004, and you can call, and they'll sign you up. You can leave a voicemail. They'll actually call you back, and it'll be in English from Grand Rapids. But on that note, I want to thank everyone. I want to thank you from both of us for joining us again this week. It truly is our pleasure. we, We love being with you guys. Until next week, this is another episode of Fireproof Retirement. This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.